You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, welcome back to episode number 34. I'm your host, David Burns, and yeah, I'm excited about this episode because it's uh, it's long overdue. I wanted to discuss this topic for, for a number of months now because I've noticed that uh, the competitiveness of the website and uh, the number of players that want to come over to Europe or Australia or, or travel the world while they play baseball has grown dramatically and also the the level of play or background of these players has has increased and has therefore raised the bar as far as the demand or the expectations that a club has when recruiting a player and what they bring to the table. So the paying jobs that are currently out there to play baseball uh, at a at a level that is semi-professional, meaning that uh, the the local players that play on the team have nine to five jobs, or or you know they have girlfriends, or they have children, or they're or they're going to college, or whatever it may be. Um, those jobs are are being taken by guys that already played pro baseball in the states, or, or they're out of a top school. Uh, uh, fresh out of a top school with some good numbers. So uh, I wanted to bring up uh, another route that players can take. Uh, is Of course, this is going to take a little bit of uh, money out of your own pocket. It's going to require a little investment in yourself uh, to get over and prove yourself. Um, but there are a number of countries in a no- that, that have a number of clubs within them that are looking for guys that will pay their flight over and then they'll welcome you in with open arms, obviously, uh, because you've paid your flight, but also because uh, they love the idea of an American coming over or or uh, a Canadian or an Australian or somebody with that baseball background and that knowledge um, who could share that knowledge and help them develop their game. Uh, so they'll house you, they'll put you up, they'll do whatever they can to to keep the cost as low as possible. Uh, quite often they'll provide you with a salary uh, to cover your food expenses. Uh, sometimes they'll um, provide you with a job um, or income earning opportunities because getting a working visa in many of these European countries isn't easy. Um, so, for example, I've been contacted by... Uh, a couple of clubs in Bulgaria, where uh, it's, you know it's a beautiful country, uh, but they can't afford to pay your flight. Uh, they can't guarantee a salary, but they can guarantee that they'll do the best to take care of you and and, and make your time enjoyable. Uh, I've also been contacted by a club in Ireland in the past. Uh, same deal. Uh, they'll they need you to pay your flight over, but they'll put you up. Uh, I believe there was a, a, a small small salary, like a couple hundred bucks a month, involved in that one. Uh, also, uh, I've been contacted by, you know, clubs in Australia all the time. Uh, many clubs in Australia are, are looking for guys that'll pay their flight and they'll provide a job because the working visa is a lot easier to get in Australia, especially for Commonwealth countries uh, such as Canada. So, um, so there's those opportunities as well. So there's a number of clubs in second or third division Australia that that are looking for such players, or even first division. Uh, 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 sorry, second division clubs like the state league clubs. Uh, I noticed in Canberra, uh, there's a number of clubs that uh, they don't pay for you to come over. They don't pay your flight, but they will provide you with a high-paying job, uh, quite a high-paying job. I like to call those the uh, the baseball 
travel experience type opportunities where, you know, you basically have some of your, your costs uh, taken care of, but for the most part, you're, you're footing the bill. And, uh, but it only leads to better, uh, better opportunities. Uh, going back to Australia, uh, if, if you are paying your way over and you are working at a job and playing for a club, then you're actually not obligated to stay with that club. So if you had the opportunity to, to uh, get called up to the Austrian Baseball League, then there's, uh, there's no one holding you back. There's no contractual obligation to that club and therefore your freedom to to move up. So that's the that's the one of the positives about paying your way over to Australia is then you're kind of free to um, advance as far as possible. And then there's brings us to visa issues. You know, we're just talking about visa in Australia is uh, you know a lot easier to obtain. And you can stay there for a year, uh, but a working visa in European countries uh, is a is a different story. It's not easy to obtain. It is possible, but it's not easy. Uh, so most uh, imports come over on a visitor's visa. And within the Schengen zone in Europe, uh, where most of the countries fall within the Schengen zone, you're allowed to stay uh, up to three months. And then you have to leave. Uh, and a lot of them stay past those three months. Or uh, some of these countries will ask for a renewal and they're pretty relaxed and they'll allow you to not necessarily renew it, sorry, extend it. Um, but uh, for the most part, I believe uh, across Europe, they're just staying past three months. And uh, most of the countries are very relaxed about that. I've read online that they're relaxed about that in the, the southern part of Europe. But in the northern part of Europe, uh, the, they're not so relaxed about it. So uh, places like the Netherlands, the, the amount of importing there has decreased dramatically because they are clamping down on these, these people staying past those three months. Uh, so this has led me to the idea of, of working out some sort of import exchange program where um, a player could, for example, um, fly into uh, London and play in a club in London where they'll set you up with a job uh, uh, because they're outside of the Schengen zone uh, in England. So you can go there, for example, and play for a few months and then make your way over to uh, to the Netherlands for the last three months of their season. Um, so I'm currently in the process of entertaining the idea of, of becoming a matchmaker of sorts where uh, I'll find a club in the Netherlands and a club in London and they'll basically cooperate in bringing over one or two imports um, Perhaps one starts their season in the Netherlands and then heads to to a club in London, and, uh, while the other starts in London and heads to the Netherlands mid-season. So that's just an example. Uh, I know also in Spain uh, there's some clubs that struggle to bring in players uh, um, more than others. Some of the clubs at the top have more of a budget, but some of the ones at the bottom have a lower budget. Um, so they're always looking for guys that that you know are more affordable. Um, so you, there's potentially an exchange with uh, within Spain and England because they're right next to each other. And then there's countries like Bulgaria, which is also out of the Schengen zone. And they're, like I said, they're looking for players to come there as well. Uh, so you could always start your three months there and then finish somewhere in the Schengen zone. Um, so there's plenty of opportunities out there. Also, Croatia is outside of the Schengen zone, and I know that same thing there. There's not much money there, but I, there are some clubs that do import there, uh, and they do pay a little bit. So if we can work something out with a club there in exchange with a club in Austria right above them, for example. So um, 
there's plenty of opportunities. I'm going to check into it and I'll, I'll, you know, just listen to the podcast and read the blog and check back in and, and fire me off an email. If you're interested in being involved in the import exchange program, uh, just title the subject import exchange program and email me at, uh, international baseball community at gmail.com and uh, i'll just throw you on the list and if i can you know, i already have a few clubs that are committed to that or ex- at least expressed interest in doing that i would just need to sort out the kinks um uh, but once once i get this thing off the ground then you know those those guys on the list will be the first ones that we notify and we'll see if we can um, work something out for you so i have two interviews with you this one the first one's with uh um uh, a guy that's involved in South African baseball. His name is Patrick Stark, and uh, he's with the Botha Sig uh, Baseball Club. And uh, so we talk a, little, a lot about such things as uh, players coming over and what opportunities are there. Uh, again, not a lot of money there, but I've definitely heard of players going to uh, South Africa to play baseball. So we dive into that and, and you know, what... what uh, Part of what kind of agreement they can expect, uh, if any, uh, are they going? How much of their trip are they going to have to finance? Um, and then, uh, then we the interview uh, changes to another gentleman. Uh, his name's Michael Johnston, and uh, he's with the Kos- Kosovo Baseball Initiative. Uh, and that's part of the Global Baseball Youth Federation. Uh, so there's some opportunities there. Um, you know, as far as getting paid, there's really no opportunity there. But if you are somebody that wants to go see another part of the world and, and you know, share your knowledge and you have some money in the bank and you just need a vacation, want to get away, then uh, they're always looking for people to come help. And uh, so they, they there's a trip in Kosovo and then there's a number of, uh, other trips, you can go to their website and find out. They're they're going to the Dominican Republic as well and Israel. So, um, anyone that wants to get involved with that, uh, you know, listen uh, at the end of the podcast episode where when I interview Michael Johnston, and there's also um, there's a link on the website as well uh, on the blog at Baseball Jobs Overseas. Uh, it's basically www.baseballjobsoverseas.com forward slash e34 for episode 34 okay so i'll quit blabbing we'll get on with these two interviews uh one with patrick stark in south africa and then the other one is with michael johnston and he's actually in austria during this interview uh and he's in charge of the european um aspect for the global baseball youth federation so without further ado let's get on with the interview patrick welcome to the podcast thanks david so uh, can you take us uh, through your role uh, in South African baseball and tell us a little bit about uh, your baseball club? Sure, sure. No problem, Dave. Um, Dave, we, I head up the marketing and material the department for the Gwilitas Baseball Club, which is based here in Cape Town, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, we are based in Cape Town, obviously the southern point of, of South Africa, and uh, we're just currently celebrating our 40th anniversary in the... Uh, in the club that we are at the moment, in the grounds that we we, we have, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going well. It's uh, uh, it's a very proud club. It's got a long long heritage, and um, yeah, what can I, what else can I say? Yes, well, how, how many members are currently within uh, your baseball club at the moment? 
Um, Dave, we've got at the moment, we've probably got about between 100 to 150 members. Mm-hmm. Um, at this stage, I'd say it's about a 50-50 split between our young, our young uh, generation, our youth and all that, and our seniors players. So I'd probably say a good 70-75 players per, per, you know, per youth and per age group. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And uh, I, yeah, the, the podcast is a lot of uh, centered around opportunities for uh, young American or, or Canadian or uh, professional baseball players that are looking to take their careers overseas. So I have heard uh, of, of some of these players ending up in South Africa. So I just wanted to maybe talk a little bit about um, any opportunities that you've seen uh, for for young professional baseball players to come to take their career to South Africa or possibly join your club for a season, uh, what opportunities are there at the moment? Dave, at, at, at the moment, what, what we do do is that we do obviously encourage the guys to get over to South Africa as well. The, the concern, naturally, from an international point of view, is the remuneration, etc. Um, we at the club, we don't offer, unfortunately, any salary base or anything. You know, we, we ask the players to come through and add their value and to the youngsters and to this, uh, the, the youth coming through in the club as well. Um, but again, you know, it depends. On, on, you know, the, the, the player's credibility and his CD and how good he is as well. You know, we we'll always try and make a plan where we can in terms of accommodation, etc. And uh, trying to look after the player as much as possible. But we want the guys to come in more more so from, from a value-add point of view, what they can add to South African baseball going forward, etc. Um, it, it's not, unfortunately, they don't have the financial backings and the financial grounding for, you know, to pay players, etc. So it will be on a very, very amateur basis. Okay. So if, if a young guy was willing to fund his flight to South Africa and... and uh, um, the, then there would be an opportunity for him to do so and, and maybe work his way onto a club there. Uh, and maybe that club would help him out with some accommodations and, and things like that. That's correct. That's correct. We, we basically want him to experience Cape Town. You know, so from a, you know, from perhaps a tourist point of view, um, our season runs from the end of October to, I'd probably say, the end of March, early April. And, um, you know, it's, it's great weather as well. So a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, well, I wouldn't call it frequent flies, but a lot of the guys that you do get out here do come out for a, almost like a holiday-type environment. They also help our, our, our juniors a lot as well with junior training during the week besides their own training. Mm-hmm. But, uh, again, unfortunately, from a financial point of view, um, that, that's not a... Another aspect that we can address at this point in time. Yeah, is there an opportunity for for a young man to to work in South Africa or to obtain a working visa? Is that possible? Uh, absolutely, I do think there are opportunities as well. You know, we, we would have to have a look at that for any player coming into the country as well. But um, again, there, there's just such an opportunity for. You know, in general, in Cape Town, there's, there's just great, there's great uh, opportunities here. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's just that it's going to be formatted and, and planned to, re- you know, I'll probably I'll play and uh, recommend before the player comes out that he does that all, you know, gets all the paperwork done, etc. Because it, it can be quite time consuming when, when you're dealing with certain aspects here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the leagues? Like, how many how many clubs are are within the the top South uh, African Baseball League, and what's the name of the baseball league? Okay, David, we look we, the league that we belong to is the baseball. 
cash. Uh, we've got 22 clubs that fall under that category. Um, the Baseball Association of the Western Province then reports to our national body, which is the African Baseball Union. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, again, that, that fixture is set up from the end of October to early, uh, early April. Mm-hmm. And we normally have a round-robin series and we also have a playoff final, etc. as well. So it's almost like a split league. Um, and you have your first division, which is your major league division, and you get your promotional league and you get your uh, second division, etc. Okay. So uh, uh, obviously the intensity at this point in time is more on the late major league side. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's 22 clubs. It's the, most, it's the most clubs in one province within South Africa. Mm. So it's definitely the home of baseball. Okay. And so with, with 22 clubs, there are, are, do many of them, do you find that there are many Americans coming over uh, and funding their own way and playing there? Or, or is it pretty, pretty slim? Are there not too many there? Yeah, David, it's, it's pretty slim at this point in time. You know, we, we need as much expertise as possible from the overseas communities at this stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had, with the other clubs, we have had one or two that have come in that have flown in and are saying, you know, we've accommodated them, not per se good as a baseball club, but other clubs. And um, look, they do add value on game day. We actually see the, the improvement in the club's baseball, etc. Mm-hmm. But uh, at this stage, it's, uh, you know, it's few and far between, if I can put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to get a handle on it because I, you know, I, I do come across that occasionally where I've heard of, of some of the international players on my site that have had an experience in, in South Africa, and I, I just wasn't sure to what extent, uh, you know, the opportunities were there. And so, would you would you say that South African baseball is developing uh, fairly fast, or, or you know, what what is the exception of baseball over there? Do many young players uh, come out and play baseball, or is it are they still losing out to other sports? Yeah, David, look, it's not regarding, I think it's not regarding the primary sport, like, for instance, your soccer and your rugby, obviously, which you're well known for. Yeah. But um, we're, tending, we're tending not, you know, because we haven't got the expertise level to such an extent as the overseas environments, we tend to, I'd say the, the, the players, especially youngsters, tend to find other sports more, more advantageous when you get to about 15, 16, 17 years old. Um, you know, hockey has taken off, off exceptionally well in South Africa as well. You can see that very much. But um, I just think it comes down to, you know, especially the, the coaching side. We, we're fortunate enough to have fantastic coaches at our club. Um, we are the biggest club in South Africa at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, with the, some of the smaller clubs within our baseball league, we tend need to find a lot more players, you know, just getting up the sport after a couple of years because the intensity of training and the skill set is not particularly there. Yeah. Okay. So, so there, it, it sounds like potentially there is, uh, um, a need for for some outside experience to come in there. Uh, the budget may not be there, but there potentially is an opportunity for someone that could fund their way there uh, who has some extensive coaching experience and wants to have kind of a baseball holiday in, in South Africa. Um, so it sounds like there there could be a, a demand for, for such a person. Oh, correct, correct. Look, we welcome all... Anybody that can come over and, and obviously can find their own way as well. I mean, there's, we've got so many youngsters in the Western Province here in Cape Town at the moment that actually love the sport. And, and unfortunately, you know, it's, uh, 
some of the smaller clubs that are really battling at this point in time, um, especially from a financial point of view and from a coaching point of view, uh, I mean, they will definitely derive value out of it at the end of the day, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, how would you find the South African baseball on an international level? How competitive? Where, where, do, you, where do they rank at the moment? Yeah, David, that's been a, a, a cause for concern, unfortunately, for quite a, quite a few years now. We, we rank, I think, at 31st in the world at the moment for South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do obviously go through the WBCs, which I think we have to qualify for for the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, uh, with IBAC, we haven't attended the under-21s or the under-18s as yet. Yeah. Uh, we've just written in now, we're attending the under-15 IBAC championships in August in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a squad game over there, and um, yeah, unfortunately, we we don't have as many international tournaments as what we'd like. Uh, we hosted Western Australia yeah, a few weeks ago here yeah, in Cape Town, and that went very well. That was a very junior teams as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, but you know, again, unfortunately, with a little bit of rain exchange rate as well, it's very costly. Everything is privately funded from the parents of the players as well. Yeah. Um, we, we don't get any corporate funding or direct government funding at this point in time. So a trip overseas from South Africa today in terms of perhaps Italy or Germany for Little League Baseball, that would cost the parent at this stage anywhere between, I'd say, 20 to 30,000 South African rand. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So again, it's a funding issue. So, um, but I, I have I have heard that there's a number of young, uh, uh, young athletes that have really developed their game, and they're actually looking to to play on an international level. Your son being one of them. So, uh, can you tell us? Tell me a little bit about um, you know these group of young guys and what they're looking to do. Maybe take their career uh, outside of South Africa. Are they are they eager to do so, or or what are they looking to do at this point? Look, absolutely. Uh, we've got some good prospects. I mean, where we are at this stage, and I'm talking specifically about my club at the moment, is that we've got, uh, I'd say, between seven to eight prospects, and they range from about 17, 18 years old to about 21. And uh, it's, it's, we're fortunate, as I said earlier, we're fortunate to have fantastic trainers and coaches here. And one our head coach at the moment is Mr. Raymond Chu. And Raymond took the African baseball fraternity. Uh, for about 10, 15 years, he was coach and head coach of the African national team and the Olympic team, you know, when he was still in the Olympics. And um, he's coached a lot of the youngsters and a lot of the prospects that we've got at the moment that are now, you know, finishing up with high school, etc. cetera. Um, and, and a few of them are definitely, you know, in that category of college ball. And uh, if you look at the, the, the agility and the work ethic of those boys on the field, they're definitely something to, you know, that we can offer the overseas environment and the international community. Mm-hmm. And and what about do you, do you think any of these young guys, like if a club in Europe, for example, were were interested in bringing bringing on a young South African player for a season, giving him a chance? Uh, first of all, could any of them qu- qualify for EU status? Uh, is there any? Uh, is that a possibility? Uh, I would think so, Dave. A lot of them at this stage do either have European EU passports or they have the, Africa, uh, the British passport as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it can be done. We have had players that have gone over to Germany for a season or two. Um, and, and I think that's a possibility. You know, at this point in time, we, we're sitting with a good, a good uh, selection of, of, of young prospects that you can either, 
you know, mold into the players that you want to be and just teach them the, the, the finer aspects of the game as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think they are ready to, to you know, take that next step into the environment, the international environment. It might not be in the States and with obviously the minors and all that stuff, but the opportunities that they will be afforded, I don't think there'll be a problem with their, with their performance and their game. You know, they, they are trained up very, very well from, from our point of view. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, yeah, that, that's all very interesting. And, and I, I I'm, would, you know, if I were a younger guy myself and I had a few bucks in the bank, I'd love to take to take a little baseball trip down to South Africa and see if I can uh, get on with the club there. So, uh, where would yeah. some, who would somebody get in contact with if they were uh, looking to do something like that? If they wanted to, you know, go see beautiful South Africa and play some baseball while they're at it, and maybe you know be hosted by a family or 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 something along those lines. Yes, absolutely. Is there is there somebody? How would they get in contact with the club? There is. Are there? Is there a, a you know like a um, a league website, or do they just contact the clubs directly, or how would they go about doing doing so? By all means, they can. We on we on the the website um, www.buddhistbaseballclub.ca.za. Mm-hmm. Um, we on Facebook as well under the Buddhist Baseball Club, or they can they can reach me on email. Um, it is cv4 patricks at gmail.com or they could just send an email through to the club. Um, I head up all the marketing and the PRO, so all those correspondents will come through to me and uh, I'll, make, I'll make contact with them and take it from there. Okay, that's perfect. So I'll, I'll include that in the in the show notes to this podcast episode uh, on the website. So if anybody's interested in in heading over to South Africa and, and they're willing to fund their plane ticket there and maybe uh, you know a, come come help develop the youth of, of South Africa and are uh, enthusiastic about such an opportunity, then uh, all that information will be on the website. So, uh, you know, Patrick, you know, I really appreciate you taking your time to, to meet with me today. Um, you, I'd like to stay in touch and, and maybe we'll, we'll discuss further how we can take some of your young players abroad themselves and uh, some of the opportunities that uh, maybe are available to them out there. No, that, that would be awesome. Uh, as I said, they've got some, we've got some great talent. Yeah, I'd hate for to, to you know fall off the radar and all that stuff. So if we can, if we can, if we've got the prospects here, let's advertise them, let's showcase them, and, and let's see what they can do for you. That sounds good. I'll be in touch, and uh, we'll exchange some ideas, and, and we'll see if there's something we can do about that. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Perfect. Have have a good day. Thank you. All right. Thanks, David. Bye, Patrick. Bye-bye. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brian and Dave. It's a pleasure. So, uh, you know, before we get into your role with the, the Global Youth Baseball Federation, uh, maybe you can tell us just a little bit about why uh, why you're, you're, you're in Europe right now. You're playing with the, the Metro Stars. Um, so just how did that come about? How did you end up in Vienna and, and then in the in the Austrian Baseball League? Yeah, well, I was uh, in Southern California, grew up there, played baseball through high school, uh, stopped playing uh, at the end of high school, had a had a son in my senior year of high school, so the career had to kind of come to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, went through university and got my teaching credential, and I uh, was teaching in the States for a while, and then I uh, became aware of an opportunity to be a missionary teacher at an international Christian school in Vienna, 
And so our family packed up everything and moved to Vienna and, and started teaching. And uh, we left most of our baseball stuff back in the States. I think we brought my, my old glove and maybe a ball or two. And uh, yeah, just, just came over and, and got settled in Vienna, started teaching. And uh, then after, after a little while, spring springtime came around and started getting word that there was actually some Little League baseball happening in Vienna. Yeah. And so I took my son, who was uh, 14 years old by this point, yeah. and, or no, I guess he was 12 when all that was happening, but he was he was right at the age, still wanted to play, and we were really excited about the opportunity, so we... ...started playing, and, and we, we heard kind of whispers that there was a little bit more baseball going on than we that we knew about. And, uh, so, so started kind of just making some inquiries about the possibilities of, of my son playing with, with one of the club's teams. And, uh, at that point it was with the Lions, the Metro stars are the top team with. And so Justin got involved with the Lions and, and I was standing around and somebody just asked, you know, if, if I ever played and it's, it's been a while, but I played. And so they invited me out for a preseason tournament out of Tulum, uh, just kind of the, the, the fun one where I didn't have to be registered or anything. So yeah. I went out there with my, my football cleats, my soccer <laughs> cleats and, and my football warm up pants, had to borrow pants from, from another oldie yeah. and, uh, went out there and, and they immediately, uh, slotted me into the number four spot and told me I was catching. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I, I don't think I had swung a bat. uh, got out there and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's kind of surreal, you know. You get up there and and you're in this this uh, field surrounded by forest that has just been dragged by a guy riding a an old bicycle, and uh, you're sitting in in storage container sheds, and I'm wondering what the heck's going on. Oh yeah, you got classic rock playing in the background with with uh, bacon burgers frying, and and I step up with a with this old aluminum bat that was to what I played with and uh, get up there and, and hit a gapper and <laughs> I'm just I'm just ecstatic and and uh, come out of the box and uh, immediately just start just flailing just start falling onto my face <laughs> and and end up uh, end up falling literally falling into first base uh, for my my very first international uh, single that should have probably <laughs> been a double but um, so then I hit a I had a pretty good day that day, um, and so then they asked me to if I'd be willing to play with their with their third division team just for fun, you know. And so I did a little bit, and then I had the opportunity. I got my my imposterian status because uh, I was here teaching and uh, wasn't here for baseball, so I was able to play with the two two teams. So then I started playing with the Mets and the Bulldogs, uh, but then I had too many too many at bats at the Mets, so I could never play with the Bulldogs. Uh, so then they asked if I could. Then my third year. Uh, got a, a couple winnings up with the Metro stars and I uh, just kind of was more of a, just a sit on the bench, cheer guys, cheer guys on and maybe get an opportunity to play every once in a while when somebody got hurt. And, um, unfortunately with the being here as a teacher, uh, that's the, the primary reason that I'm here. And, uh, so I really can't even the, you know, the couple practices a week, I unfortunately haven't been able to commit and get out there for a, a nine inning double header on the weekends. And, yeah. Uh, give up, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever. That's a bit rough. So, yeah. um, yeah, so that's kind of the, 
the fun little story. Uh, so now this is my fourth fourth season here in, in Austria, and uh, you know, baseball is fun again, I guess, playing over here. For sure, yeah. And, and I know exactly where you're talking about when you played in Tolm there. Uh, um, I, I think they're like just a regional league team now, but there were there, yeah. a number of years back they, they brought in some imports and they managed to make mm-hmm. it up to the first division somehow. Mm-hmm. But they were at the, the bottom the whole year. But we had to go out to Tome and we're sitting <laughs> in these, these, like you said, like big garbage containers or something on yeah. their side. And, yeah, it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, that's interesting because, uh, you know, I work at an at a international school too in Austria and, okay. and we play actually against your school school quite a bit oh uh, yeah for like basketball and volleyball mostly yeah yeah i'm coaching the girls basketball and volleyball okay. and, and ics vienna is usually one yeah. of our our pretty uh one of our cross austria rivals so <laughs> That's right. there's not many of them so now people we'll meet on the ball field too we'll see <laughs> um, yeah Okay, well, good. Uh, yeah, it's just always interesting to hear how somebody else ended up over in Europe, and and uh, you know, I saw that you had a Mets jersey on, but I was, didn't remember playing against you, so I thought maybe this was your first year. Or, or, um, but uh, so you're also involved in in um, you know in some some charity work within within uh, baseball globally. So maybe you could just kind of. Um, Take us through that, like your, your position there with the, the Global Youth Baseball Federation and, and how that came about, uh, and, and just maybe tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, one of the cool things about teaching at an international school, is that, especially in Vienna, is that uh, you've got a lot of countries represented and then a lot of access into the international community. And uh, um, we have a, a, an ambassador lecture series at our school where uh, you know we invite different ambassadors and they come in and talk to the kids and uh yeah just a, an interesting thing and so uh we were able to invite the, the ambassador from kosovo and you know kosovo being one of the youngest countries in the world and, and not recognized by a lot of countries it was kind of um kind of an interesting experience because it was like well who's kosovo you know <laughs> big deal yeah. um uh but yeah so so the ambassador came and spoke to the students and uh, one of my other roles at the school is to is, is to be in charge of the student ministries and so we do lots of yeah we, we do our mission trips uh, to Romania and to some other some other countries and uh, so I was introduced to him he, he was really interested in in maybe our school sending a team to Kosovo to to, to do some humanitarian work some missions work and yeah. uh, so, so basically, we received a, an open invitation to come visit Kosovo to see how we could pursue that. And yeah, this was in the uh, in the fall of of last school year, and we didn't really didn't really pursue it until all of a sudden summertime came around, and uh, the invitation came back, and they said, "Come on over." So, went on over, uh, checked checked out what was going on in Kosovo, and and uh, had another guy that was playing playing here in, in Vienna with one of the teams that was teaching at the school. And so he, uh, so kind of the natural thing, since we had two guys playing baseball, that was more than any other sport. So they were like, well, we can do baseball camp. And I'm like, all right, let's. So then I started doing some Googling and uh, to see if there was any baseball in Kosovo. And uh, the number one hit with baseball in Kosovo was how baseball bats were used in riots. Um, <laughs> and that was, that was it. Uh, other than uh, there was a Facebook page of a, uh, of a, about 40 kids in the capital city that were playing baseball. Uh, some American troops had kind of come in and helped, and a couple other couple other Americans had tried to get it going, and it was about a year and a half ago, I suppose. And, yeah. um, so anyway, so then we, we saw this opportunity and just started uh, getting some meetings going, and uh, so they were really excited about this possibility of baseball. And 
Uh, so started kind of reaching out to people in the States to see how we could get some support for that and ran into this organization called Global Youth Baseball Federation. Uh, they've been operating for about 15 years and uh, mostly in Latin America, going down to Cuba, uh, the Dominican, and uh, Ecuador most recently. And, uh, and they, they get involved with, with some of the national team programs. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the main baseball guy um, is Brian Doyle, his former Yankee, uh, played the, night, the 76 uh, Yankees and won a World Series. And they had the highest average there and, and, uh, for the World Series. And, yeah. and uh, then... Uh, off and on, uh, really great baseball guy. I've been involved with the Yankees organization now since his retirement and coaching. And, uh, so he kind of runs the baseball, uh, programmatic side of it. And so he's written a whole curriculum for national teams and, and has really impacted, uh, you know, the Ecuadorian, uh, and is now getting some, some influence into the Cuban, uh, the Cuban national program as well, especially at some of their younger levels. Um, yeah, so they were looking to, to maybe expand into Europe right about the time that I came around and said, hey, I'm, I'm in Europe and doing baseball and want to do this in Kosovo. You know, what do you think? And they're like, well, great. Uh, uh, let's make you our European director and see what we can go from there. So I suddenly got a big big boost in in uh, title, at least, <laughs> uh, from history teacher and student ministry to European director of, a, of an organization. So, um, so I got a cool business card now. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so our main focus right now is uh, with this Kosovo Baseball Initiative. Uh, that's a project of Global Youth Baseball Federation um, to, yeah, just to, to work at establishing the game of baseball in, in really uh, unknown territory. Uh, it's uh, really grassroots level, uh, introducing the game to, to kids who have never heard of it before uh, at all. Um, so really, it's a bit, really the the ground ground level and the basics, uh, and then the other side of my job will be to to kind of help coordinate um, European involvement uh, with this organization to try to to kind of create a network of guys who are kind of doing a similar thing who are mm-hmm. who are doing uh, missions and ministry work and uh, and you know charity work to 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 to, to spread the name of Jesus, but to also uh, yeah, spread the spread the love of baseball as well. Yeah. Okay. So you know, are who's going down to Kosovo? So are you are you, are you looking for volunteers to to come down there with you and and run a baseball camp and, and bring down some equipment? Or well, um, we're we're looking at kind of a a long term process. Uh, uh, our first camp here is at the end of June. Uh, we're probably. Uh, one of the things about our camps is that they're kind of all self-funded. So if the people who are coming over would have to raise their own their own financing for the flight over uh, from wherever they're at, and and then you know housing and everything else. Okay. Uh, so that would be the the first kind of uh, potential obstacle for people. Uh, so for June, I think we're 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 pretty set. Uh, so it's coming up so soon that it might it might be kind of hard to get people involved, but. Uh, we are very much looking for for volunteers, especially volunteers that are based in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's about fifteen hundred euro cheaper to get somebody from from Europe down to Kosovo than it is uh, from the states. So we're really we're really hoping that uh, at least in the midterm, probably in the next uh, two to five years, uh, that we can establish uh, um, at least two to four summer camps throughout the region that we can hit uh, kind of the major, you know, north, south, east, east and west and 
maybe draft from the central as well, kind of like partnering with local schools to put on the baseball camp. Yeah. Um, and then also be setting up maybe some, some local little leagues to just start competing against each other. Uh, this first camp, we have the, the fortune to work with a, work with a school that has about 300 students and, mm-hmm. you know, ranging in ages from seven to 14. So, so really with that many kids, uh, we could potentially just start a little league right there yeah. at the school yeah. and, and get something going. Um, but if anybody is interested in in checking it out and being a part either by uh, you know donating some gear or whatever else they can they can go to kosovobaseball.org. dot mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a, a pretty cool opportunity right now working called Gloves for God and uh, and Cole Sports uh, small little mom and pop uh, glove. Uh, manufacturer is going out of business and he's provided basically the rest of the stock um, for purchase at the the very low price of about 20 bucks per glove and so for the for a, a sponsorship of 20 bucks uh, people can can buy a glove that will get right onto the hands of a local Kosovar kid uh, just learning to play baseball and so uh, these are high quality gloves that you know rival Rival some of the you know two hundred three hundred dollar Mizuno gloves in quality, yeah. and we're get we can get them to these kids for twenty bucks, and they can start off with a with a sweet piece of leather. So okay, well I'll make sure to to put the links up to for your website and um, okay. you know and uh, with, that go along with this podcast and and the blog that will go with it or the blog post. So just make sure to send me all those links and and I'll get them along with that as well, so so people can check that out. And as as far as um. If an import baseball player were were in Europe somewhere, and if uh, let's say let's say there was a trip to Kosovo or somewhere else down the road that just worked out with their schedule, perhaps it's towards the end of the summer, um, and you know because quite often baseball players will come over and the season will end, but they'll still have two, three, four weeks, uh, you know, before they fly home. Um, so. Uh, often they have that time on their hands and maybe they have a few bucks in the bank and, and would be willing to volunteer their time. So, um, what, what, what do you think something like just, just to get an idea of, of, of a flight cost from Vienna to Kosovo, what do you think it would cost, uh, for somebody just to, to pay for their flight? And of course, you know, there's, there's additional expenses with accommodations and, and whatnot, sure. but, but just to give us an idea, if somebody wanted to get involved, what's it, what's it going to set them back a bit? Yeah. Yeah, these are uh, great opportunities, especially uh, our family will be moving to Kosovo in the summer of 2015 to be able to coordinate these things a little bit better. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit hard um, when we're excuse me, when we're living in living in Vienna to or then living stateside next year for a while to really coordinate these things. But yeah. uh, the flight is probably going to. Uh, it, it costs anywhere between 250 and 300 euros uh, pretty consistently. There's two flights from Vienna. Uh, there's a flight from from Frankfurt and um, I think Düsseldorf and a couple other uh, a couple other major European airports that the guys can get a flight. Uh, I think the the prices are all all right around that ballpark. And then uh, um, cost of living uh, within the country for three or four weeks is is pretty low. Um, the average income is, is like 3,600 euro a year. Um, so, so accommodations and, and, and food costs and things like that are, are pretty low. And it's a, you know, it's a great opportunity to be, to kind of, re, to write history, uh, write the history of baseball in a country. It's, yeah. 
kind of cool thing. That's, so. what I, that's what I look at it, and I think that's very affordable, you know, and that's kind of what I was thinking because I've been looking to some flights myself just around Europe from mm-hmm. from from Vienna, and quite often you can fly, to, you know, to many locations for, for under 300 euros, so I figured yeah. go, flying to Kosovo probably is pretty darn cheap. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so there's a great opportunity there, and maybe down the road, uh, you, you know, and you can take that into consideration, uh, all yeah. the imports that are around Europe. If you can kind of find a, a spot in their schedule where uh, where maybe they have some time off because of the European Cup or European Championships, yeah. you know maybe maybe you can get some volu- volunteers because I know down the road, I mean I mean sorry in the past there's there's been there's been times where we've had three or four weeks break in a season uh, where where guys are kind of just waiting around for the playoffs and uh, you know of course you're kind of busy getting ready for ball at that time too but I think yeah. that what they're trying to do now is is um, is move the European Championships to uh, a later date and, and push everything back and have the season finished earlier. So then I think that's going to have guys finishing some some guys finishing baseball in in August as opposed to September, and and then maybe uh, if if they knew about this opportunity ahead of time they could they could uh, you know book their return flight for a little later yeah. and get involved. Right. So I think there's an opportunity there uh, for for people that are coming over to to really get involved, and I'm sure. Kosovo's just just the beginning, and you're probably going to be looking at some other destinations down the road. So, yeah, the great thing is that, uh, yeah, kind of, you know, really, it, it makes it fun again. You go back to the roots to to be able to teach baseball to kids that are just like really excited about, they, you know, they they love Americans and everything that is American, and so baseball's right up right up the alley, and, and we've got some good support from uh, from the local deputy minister, the, sorry, the national deputy minister of uh, culture, youth, and sports, and yeah. he's actually going to be in Vienna next weekend to go watch a ball game for the oh, first really? time, so, uh, so, so, so that'll be, that'll be a fun experience, but yeah, we'd love to be able to, um, you know, like you said, we start, start in Kosovo, but uh, we're hoping to build this network of, of guys that are doing baseball similarly, where, you know, maybe don't have the resources or connected to, to higher level teams to be able to bring in imports to work with their youth teams, so to be able to do what you're what you're proposing is, uh, yeah, a great idea. Very exciting. I, I potentially see, could see uh, clubs sponsoring that too. Like, uh, if they have an import, they could potentially sponsor sponsor an import to go do something like that too. Yeah, so I think that's always an option too. Yeah, so, great. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully this podcast episode gets out there. Maybe there's a few years yeah. that that have some money and uh, some time on their hands. And uh, to me, that sounds yeah. like a great experience. I'd love to do it myself. So you know, mm-hmm. maybe you'll hear from me down the road. So if yeah, somebody great. wanted to to you know, get involved with something like that. Uh, maybe they don't have any old equipment to donate or, or whatever. Maybe they want to, to get their hands dirty and get down there themselves. Yeah. Who would they contact? Would they contact uh, they you? They just or? go on to, yeah, kosovobaseball.org and there's a contact, contact on there. They can, uh, that contact list will go straight to me or they can uh, email kosovo.baseball.camps at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, that'll be the, the easiest way and then we'll, we'll get them set up. Sounds good, and there's also a, a link to your website from my website. So, so if you, right. if you don't remember all that, just look well. for yeah. If you don't remember all that, just look for Kosovo on my website. And click <laughs> so, Great. perfect. Well, thanks, Mike, for your time, and uh, you know, nice to hear about it. And I always wanted to kind of 
uh, start looking in that direction as far as uh, yeah. you know spreading the game of baseball to some of these uh, these smaller markets or maybe yeah. these markets where that don't exist. <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, right. It's not even a small market. It's it, non-existent. So. It's non-existent. So yeah. so uh, yeah, I'm just glad that maybe uh, maybe I can help out a bit and, and hopefully yeah. get involved myself at some point. So. Perfect. Well, I'll see you in Vienna. Uh, I might be that Great, team that he's, he's yeah. going to watch next week because we're coming to Vienna to play the uh, the Wanderers next weekend. And and unfortunately, uh, uh, we're going with Sunday game. Yeah. Well, if he wants to watch a good baseball game, that's probably a good idea because we're having trouble right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're coming around. We're just rebuilding a bit, but yeah, it's tough when you got to go through that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll see you uh, maybe at uh, ICSV next year if we come there yeah. for a competition. We haven't been there for a while, so we'll catch up sooner or later. So that's good. All right. Great, good talking to you. Perfect. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Hey guys, that wraps up episode number thirty-four. I want to thank uh, Michael Johnston for joining me on the podcast, and also Patrick Starks. So very interesting interview. I know it was long, uh, but a lot of information in there about opportunities that are for those that have saved up their money. Uh, and with that being said, let's take action now. Uh, it's uh, late September two thousand fourteen, so you have some time. Save up your money. Uh, if it's January or February, and uh, you haven't signed on anywhere or you want to get involved in in, uh, the uh, import exchange program or with Baseball Without Borders or Kosovo Baseball, then uh, fire me off an email and I'll point you in the right direction uh, and we'll try to get something set up for you. Uh, so that's uh, kosovobaseball.org and baseballwithoutborders.com. Uh, as far as the import exchange program is concerned, you can email me at internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com and uh, with the subject heading import exchange program if you're interested. Uh, I would recommend saving up enough for a flight plus uh, an extra thousand in your pocket uh, just to provide that cushion and a nice uh, lengthy stay and that'll that'll take you a long ways uh, with the help of, of a couple of clubs. So we'll see what we can do for you. Uh, on another note, uh, if you want to uh, get online and provide me with some feedback on this podcast, uh, any other direction you want me to take it, or if you have any questions you want me to cover in it uh, that I haven't so far, uh, I'm always interested in hearing uh, what you have to say about it, uh, good or bad. Uh, if it's bad, then I might fire back and ask the email as well, but uh, I'm hoping for it's, that it's all good. Uh, but if there's anything new you want to hear, I'm all ears, so please fire me off an email or a comment. Uh, I'd also appreciate it if you share or like uh, these episodes. Um, I want to get more more people listening to it uh, and more traffic back to the website because I think there, it has a lot to offer. So. Uh, also, if you have any questions, I'll be online on Google Hangouts on air on October 22nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that's for a Q&A about baseball overseas. I'll answer as many questions as I possibly can. If I don't have the answer, I'll find out the answer. Uh, but I typically get a get a lot get a lot of the lot of the figure. This might be a way where I could answer the same question. Uh, 
at once uh, and save myself some time. Uh, and then in the future, I could always refer people back to that recording because it'll always be on the YouTube channel after that. So uh, yeah, please join me. Uh, it'd be, I, I also want to check out this Google Hangouts on Air. It'll be the first time using it. So that's part of why I'm doing it as well as I'm interested in how it works. So that's uh, once again, October 22nd, 2014 at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so thanks for listening, everybody, and hope to see you on October 22nd. Take care. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Either... We heal as a team, or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh, I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, I can't even stand the face I see in America. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out Life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, Every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, the difference between winning and losing... It's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now, I can't make you do it. You got to look at the guy next to you. 
Now, I think you're going to see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're going to see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Get up, get up.